weren't here last week. Last week we talked about a few things. Um, I am not an owner of anything. I'm simply a manager. How many guys have received that last week? Everything I have belongs is from God and belongs to God. But we have an opportunity to steward everything that God has given us. Amen, church? I want to read to you a verse. This is the words of Jesus. It's really like the base of everything today. It's in Luke chapter 16, verse 13. And it says, no servant can serve two masters. No servant can serve two masters. What a picture Jesus is painting in this verse right here. He's saying, you have a master that you follow, but the truth is that is that a servant cannot have two masters. He even goes further and he, he aggressively says this next sentence, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Uh, this is a great, great, great verse from Jesus. And I think it ties in so well to today's sermon. I want to start off with a quick little story. Where are all my adventurous people at? You love adventures. You, if you had all the money in the world, you'd jump off of you know, any airplane and, and you go skydiving. I mean, any mountain. Come on, let me see your hands. We're, we're adventurous people. All right. All right. I see you. I see you. Now we know who to call into ministry. All right. I see you. I see you. I see you. Just kidding. What did I sign up for, you know? I remember my family and I went on a trip, and there was, there, was, there was something that hit me in the plane that said, I'm about to go X Games mode in this vacation. And, and soon after that, I noticed this was the vacation. Not only did we have the most peaceful moments, but I almost died like three times. Anybody been on a vacation where you almost died? Like, it's supposed to be a nice beach day, and you almost got caught in, you know, in a current. It's supposed to be what it was, but it ended up being crazy. Um, that was me. I, I went on this trip, and, and here's, the, here's the problem about this trip, is that there was a girl that I knew from the place I was visiting, and her name was Marla. Anybody know who Marla is? Yeah, you know Marla. She used to go to this church. Uh, her dad leads a church in Aruba, so she's helping build that church over there. But for a season, God graced us the opportunity to work alongside her in ministry, and she was here. So she knows the land, you know what I mean? Like, there's one thing about vacationing somewhere. There's one thing when you vacation somewhere and you know the people who live there, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you go to New York and you don't know nobody, like, you know, have a good trip. When you know people there, you know, you'll go here, go there, watch out. Don't go there. <laughs> Especially past this time. Make a left. You know what I mean? So not only was I in this vacation, but Marla was native to that, 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 that area. And we did something crazy. We, we, we went on ATVs. Has anybody been ATV riding before? You know, again, my adventurous people, you just raised your hand back up. I got behind Marla. I mean, I thought it was Fast and Furious, you know, 27. I was like, let's go. I'm ready to do this. And what was so awesome, and, and, I, and the Lord spoke to me in the middle of this vacation. Some, sometimes you got to get, get away for God to give you a word. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I told some people to go to the Kissimmee Lakefront a few series ago. And just pray, see what God is saying. There were so many testimonies of people that just, when you, I believe when you separate yourself from God, he looks at that and he blesses that. And, and I, I was away and I believe, I, I, you know, I'm following this girl. Here's the thing. The terrain is terrible. It, you know, it's not Florida. There are hills. There's, there's, uh, there's ditches. And, and it was very X Games all the way. I had a helmet. I didn't have no other pads on. Uh, no protective padding. I'm just, you know, wild. It's just a wild gun, right? Just going crazy. 
But there came a moment where Marla were following her down rough terrain, and as she speeds up, the smoke begins, you know, the dirt smoke begins to come in the air. And there comes a moment that you can't really see. So not is the terrain dangerous, but you can't see anything. And like after every five seconds, I'd see her again. I'm like, okay, let me speed up. But this girl, I'm telling you, she is literally probably like, she's the female Thor. You guys saw the last Thor movie? She's the female Thor. Like, she's unafraid of anything. I saw her hit a ramp with a pickup truck and grab like five feet of air. No lie. The girl gets off the truck. She's like this short, right? Like, she's ready to rule the world. And I'm following Marla into like ditches and, and, and the wilderness. And the Holy Spirit ministered to me later. It was like, John, this is what following Jesus is like. You meet Jesus, he taps you on the shoulder, and he says, it's going to be a wild ride. Something like Matthew McConaughey, you know what I mean? Like, that's like my version of Jesus right now. It's going to be a wild ride. And why am I saying that? Because so many people find Jesus, and they think it's, let's, let's go to Disneyland. Some people follow Jesus, they're like, yo, where's the raise, God? Where's the raise? Some people come to church, they follow Jesus. Here's a, quick, here's a great question, and I believe all of us are here for the right intentions. But why are we following Jesus? Why are we following him? Because I don't follow him for the journey's sake. The journey is the journey. I can find myself in a mountain top or a valley low. The I don't follow him for what I can get. I follow him because of who he is. And, and I think a lot of us sometimes, we have a relationship with God like, yeah, I followed Jesus and things got tough. Newsflash, you may follow Jesus. Once you get saved, did you know you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness? When you say yes to Jesus, what was once a dormant light is now a spark of a campfire just right by itself. And the devil is not happy that you are growing in the Lord. Can I preach this to some people in here? When you start growing, the devil really starts messing with you. And that's why a lot of people stay comfortable because they don't know how to push through the temptation. They don't know how to push through the, through the principalities or, or push through the opposition. But can I give you this idea that when you met Jesus, he tapped you on the shoulder and he said, follow me. Listen, it's not going to be safe. It's not going to be secure. But the cross is not a daycare. That's where I died. And if I died for you, Jesus says, will you live for me? Because the truth is, you cannot serve two masters. I think what's wild is a lot of people want Jesus as Savior, but they don't want him as Lord. A lot of people want Jesus to save them from the cross, but they don't want Jesus to be their master and lead them out the gravesite. Is Jesus your Savior or is he your Lord? He says in, in verse 13, you can't serve two masters. Here's the, the question for today and also the sermon title. It's this. Who's your master? Who is your master? Who is your master? It's a great question. Think about it this week. Think about it today. Because some of us have Jesus' master on Sundays, but on Monday, it's free game. We have Jesus' master over our church attendance, but when it comes to our serving and our purpose and our obedience and our evangelism and the thing God put inside of us, he's not master over those things. And I think today we're going to talk about 
Who is your master and how do we respond to that? Here's the definition of a master. It's this. A master exercises authority. Come on, somebody. And rules over someone. So here's what's awesome about God having authority over your life is that God knows everything. God is so strong and powerful. God knows when things are going to happen before they happen. So when he's my authority, I have no reason to back up in fear, to back up in shame, to back up when times get tough. But because he's my authority, I can stand up boldly knowing that he's calling me and, and, and equipping me for what he's told me to do. That's the truth about him being your authority is that when he says jump, you jump. I've seen God lead people. Seven years we've been in church. I've seen God move people. I've seen money move people. Ooh, I could just drop the mic right there. Oh. I've seen people follow God's voice. I've seen people follow money's voice. I've seen people move to plant a church in Uganda to follow the voice of God. I've seen people move. Hello. Who's your master? And listen, first time guests, I'm sorry you came today and we're talking about money. We never talk about money. Why? Because this church understands the Bible is true. Amen? So, hello. But I'm sorry, today we're talking about money. And why are we talking about money? Because where your money goes determines who your master is. Can I talk about what I want to talk about in the room today? You know who your master is. Depending, so well, some of us got some Chipotle masters in this place. Hello. It's Amazon masters. Tear down the idols today in the name of Jesus. Remove Prime right now. Remove Prime. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Who's your master? Who has unlimited access to your resources? Because you know your resources represents your heart, right? The Bible says where the treasure is, your heart is also. Your heart is attached to your treasure. So when you give God of your treasure, you're giving God of your heart. Who's your master? That's such a great question. Here's the next question I have after that. Is Jesus your master? Because masters have authority. So here's the thing. I meet young adults all the time. They want to be saved, but they want to have sex before marriage. And it's like, hey, so you want Jesus to be your, your savior, but you don't want to receive his authority and his instruction in the area of your life of your sexuality. So you're saying, God, I'll take the salvation, but the sanctification, I'm good right with. Here's my thing. When it comes to authority, I need the authority of Jesus to do what he's called me to do. I remember I told someone this a long time ago, and the Holy Spirit said it. I didn't, I didn't even know what I was saying, and it's this. How can you ever accomplish the fruit of God without the Spirit of God? In other words, I need him to do what he's told me to do. I need him to live the life he's called me to live. For me to be obedient, listen, to all of the consistent tithers in here, that you're like Pastor Jose and I, where the money comes out and you didn't even ask, like it, you set the, the giving on reoccurring. For the people that have tied the entire time through the pandemic, through everything, through highs and lows, can we praise God for the obedient children in the room? Come on. Can I give you two minutes? Yeah, while the train goes by, that's the train of celebration. Can we thank God for the faithful members in here? Come on, because, listen, some of y'all walked in here, you don't know, somebody paid for this screen, somebody paid for these lights, somebody paid for these speakers, somebody paid for this microphone, somebody paid for that organ, somebody paid for these drums, someone paid for the stage, someone paid for the AC installation, someone paid for the electrical installation, someone paid for the paint, someone paid for the, anybody in here, come on, somebody. 
Somebody, and somebody walked in today, you didn't pay a dime, and you're here. It's your first time, and you're here because somebody sacrificed for you to come in and get an experience. I'm trying to preach to some people in here. Some people you will never meet gave their offering for this house, and you just stumbled in here. Thank you for coming, but I want to let you know this opportunity you have is because somebody made a sacrifice years ago. This opportunity you have, this freedom you have is because I wish I had some people in faith in here that know when I give is not only because of me, it's because what God's going to do through it. It's what God's going to do through it, but God gives me the authority to do what he's called me to do. You see, I, I, you know, I, I'll probably be a dad in two years. I am a terrible dad outside of the leadership of the Holy Spirit. In and with the leadership of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be the best dad in the world. And my men of God say, amen. You cannot be the man of God he's called you to be without God. Because if he's my master, he has authority. And the authority he has, he gives to me. So when I decide, when I decide to leave my family, I'm leading with double citizenship, with my earthly responsibility, but with my heavenly responsibility. I'm leading my family the way that God is enforcing me and equipping me to lead my family. Can somebody shout amen at the 12 o'clock service? So when God gives you that authority, you see, he can't give you authority if he's not your master. But when he's your master, here's my question. What are the areas in your life and in my life that God doesn't have reach to? That, God, that we don't give God authority there. No, God, I'll, I'll, I'll take control of this. Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. I want to talk to some Christians in here. Does Jesus actually lead your life? Is Jesus actually the center of some of your conversations? Is Jesus Christ the thing that drives you in your day to day? Does he lead your life? Come on, if God leads your life, can you just lift some shouts of amen in this place? I don't know about you, but Jesus is the leader of my life. Come on, I, I may not be where I want to be. I know I got some things I need to work on. But one thing as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anybody here agree to that? I, 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 don't, I know I got some things I need. I know I don't have all the money in the world. I know I got 10 houses. I know I don't got everything I want, but I got everything I need. And his name is Jesus, and he has authority over my life. If you believe that, shout amen. He has authority over my life, over my life. If you're a married couple in here, you need Jesus in your sexuality. And the people of God say, amen. You can't have Jesus in every, every area but one in your life. Is he master? Is he leader? Come on. It's my next point today is this. Your master is your priority. So if, if, the, if, the, if the priority is soccer in your house, I don't know about church, but you're going to make soccer practice. I don't know about youth, but the chances of your children going to the soccer leagues and, and, and the leagues, you know, it's very slim. And I've done youth ministry long enough to see, listen, your kids know what's a, what's a priority in your life. More personal, your children know what are priorities in your home. It's the non-negotiable stuff. And the question here is today, 
what is your priority? Because if it is not Jesus, it is in combat with Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, you can serve a bunch of masters, just love one a bit more than everyone else. No, he says, it's me or it's nobody. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not another thing in your list. I'm the list. I'm not the salt to your entree. I'm the steak cooked medium well with some butter on top, if you know what I'm saying. Where my medium well Christians at? Come on, medium well. What's my well done Christians at? We have a hope group for you. <laughs> Praying facetiously every day for you. Luke chapter 16, verse 13. I'm honestly praying for you. No servant can serve two masters. And this is one of the, we're almost done, God. I'll have the whole worship team come up. This is one of the few times you see Jesus put himself alongside something else. This is one of the few times you got to, this is why we're talking about stewardship. Because this is one of the few times Jesus says, you can't serve both God and money. Two different masters. So when you get paid, you have an opportunity to remind yourself, what's the priority in your life? Am I giving God a tip or am I giving God a tithe? Because we sang songs in the Poinciana campus earlier today. Like, I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. He healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I thank the master. I thank the savior. So every time we get paid from our boss, we say, no, 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 boss. You're not the provider of my income. Thanks for the check. Hello. Sign that thing. But you're not the provider of my house. Jesus is the provider of my house. So when I'm obedient in my giving, I'm telling Jesus, I'm not going to just serve money because I don't serve money. I'm going to be obedient with my money to show my heart, to show my life, to show my family that we will worship the Lord, that we will be a house of obedience. Come on. If you believe that, can you shout amen in here? I'm telling you. Here's my next point is this, that when I give, I'm reminded of who my master is. That's why worshiping God needs to be a priority so that your worship will be a lifestyle. It'll be a reminder every time that I know who my master is. My house knows who my master is. My, my money knows who my master is. My children know who the master is. Does God have authority over your finances? Because listen, God wants to bless you. We read last week that God says, test me that I won't open windows of heaven to bless you. But I feel like this week, God's just trying to make it more simple. How about I just be your master? Let that be your motive to give. I know I'm going to bless you. I know I'm going to multiply some things in your life. But what about the simple fact that I'm just your master? What about the simple fact that I created you in your mother's womb? I formed you. Is that enough to be a faithful steward of what I've given you? Man, I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. You feel the Holy Spirit. Can you wave at your boy? He's in the room right now working. I feel the Holy Spirit heavy. Because what I give to tells me who I belong to. Who I give to reminds me who my master is, who I'm sowing into, tells me who I belong to. And I want to I I talk right now because, listen, the enemy tells a lot of lies about giving. The devil demons. Listen, you have power over them. Pastor Jose mentioned it earlier. They're under your feet. We don't take too much time to focus on the losing team. We're going to talk about the winning team. Hello. I'm on the winning team. 
more forces are working for me than against me. I, you know, greater is he that is with me and in me than he that is in the world. But the truth is, is that the devil loves to tell lies to people. Here's a lie the enemy tells. The lie says, here's the lie. When I give, I'm losing. That's the very next point. It's the, it's a lie the enemy tells. If you're taking notes, can you write it? I don't think we have it. The devil says, when I, he says, when I give, I'm losing. That is how the world sees giving. When I give, I'm losing. I don't know if I can give, I'm losing. Why would I give? I can't, I'm losing, I'm losing. But here's the truth. The truth is this, when I give, I'm not losing. When I give, God is multiplying. When I give to God, because I love him and because he's my master, I trust that what I've given him, he's gonna press it down, he's gonna shake it together, and he's gonna run it over. He's gonna press it down, he's gonna shake it together, and he's gonna run it over for my good. Come on, if you believe that, can you shout amen today? It says, Hebrews chapter six, verse 14 saying, I will surely bless you. That's not a question. That is a statement. God is not a man that he should lie. God is a man that keeps his word. Come on, how many guys know God keeps his word? And when he says he will surely bless you and he will surely multiply you, we're given a little insight on the mathematics of heaven. We think God wants to add to your life. God doesn't want to get from you to add. God wants to get so he can multiply. Whenever God asks you for something, it's not to give you it back, it's to give you a lot back. A lot of grace, a lot of mercy, a lot of favor, a lot of open doors blessings whatever it is God wants to bless you because most times God doesn't give you what you want but he gives you what you need amen last verse I want to read today Matthew chapter 16 verse 26 what will profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul if I offered you a billion dollars would you would you walk away from the faith a trillion I've come to the conclusion you can't buy me out. I was already paid for by precious blood on the cross. And as for me and my house, we will follow the leadership and the authority of the Holy Spirit. Let me let you know something, church. I am on this platform with this microphone because God told me to be on this platform and with this microphone. I don't know if I'll be here for 15 years, for 50 years, for 500 years. I don't know if it's this city or the next city, but I know that when God talks, I'm going to listen. That when God calls, I'm going to go. Because the best place is not where I think is comfortable. The best place is the blessed place. The best place is what God has for you. You see, if we follow comfort as a sign of follow God, we'll stop following God. So don't get too attached to the way things look because God's always call, calling you to something. Don't get too attached with your life right now. Listen, God's about to change your whole schedule right now. He's about to make you a little uncomfortable for his kingdom and for his cause. But be reminded, church, that when God calls you and when God shapes you, listen, he is your authority. Come on. Can you just put your hands up? Not because the police just stopped you, but because the Holy Spirit just stopped you. Not because the, the, the police have a gun at your head, but because the Holy Spirit has his word on your mind. Come on. I need some people to raise their hand as a sign of surrender. And in your own words, would you say, God, you are my authority. God, you are my leader. God, I will follow you for all of my days. God, I'm going to listen to what you have to say about my money. I'm going to listen to what you have to 
say about my family. I'm going to listen to what you have to say about my sexuality. I'm going to listen to what you have to say about my development and about my purpose. God, you are the leader of my house. Come on, church, open your voice. God, you are the leader. You're the shepherd. I am not a leader. I am a lead follower in the name of Jesus. I take your authority, Holy Spirit. I take your authority. I take your authority. I take your leadership. I will stop tuning my ear out to the word of God. I will stop tuning my ear out to the voice of God. A sermon like this, friends, you and I know where we hold Jesus back from having authority. Where in your life is Jesus and his grace trying to invade? That's where he's trying to be master. But come on, I want to know if anybody has Jesus as master in here. Not just savior, but master in here. My last point is this. My last point is this. Is that stewardship is not about me. It's about other people. When I steward what God has given me, it's, not, it's, it's never about me. It's always about other people. Amen, church? We can stand up to our feet, all of us in our worship team. We're going to sing that song. Amen. Come on. You guys feeling good? I know you've been thinking about food the last 30 minutes, but you feeling good? Hey, ushers, come on. Bring out the breadsticks. Now I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. They're like, yes, I love breadsticks. Hey, before we close out, before we close out, I, I want to tell a little bit about that story. So I'm following this girl, Marla. And there comes a point in the ride where I'm like, this is too scary to be following this girl. I, I, can't, I can't do it. She's going uphill. She's going downhills. She's going here. She's going there. She's going everywhere. There came a point where I was following her that I said, you know what? This isn't safe for me. I, I can't take the anxiety of being in the back. I'm going to get in front of her. So literally there was a moment that I got, I got in front of the tour guide. Right? Some of you guys are already like, yeah, it, it didn't end well. <laughs> I got in front of her. I started to speed up. Now I'm the leader. Oh, boy, did I feel like X Games all, all the way. I'm riding. I'm riding. Probably going like 30 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, there's a fork in the road. One path goes this way. One path goes that way. And I legit, I was going so fast. I'm so ashamed I did this going so fast I couldn't decide where to go I lift my hands off the wheel and I do one of these my ATV slams into a bush I front flip 10 feet I'm short so it felt like 10 feet I, I flipped 10 feet I never hit the floor because a, a bush of cacti caught me in the air I was pulling out thorns for a week in my in my body my whole back and my body and, and here's the thing. Destruction is ahead every time you and I try to take the lead in our life. Destruction. And see, my life with my leadership and my authority on my own will, on my own flesh. And, come on. I am not enough. Can you wrap, grab your neighbor and say, listen, you are not enough. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Son. You need the Father. You need to stop acting like you can lead your own life. Listen, 
The show is over. You are not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You don't know the future. You don't know everything. God knows everything. He's worth following. He's worth following. Come on, if you believe he's worth following, can you make some noise in this place? He's worth following. It's worth following. Listen, I don't know what I don't know. How can I lead people into a tomorrow that I don't know? Because the God of today is also the God of tomorrow. I need Jesus. And here's the thing, here's the thing. Some of you guys think you only need Jesus when you get saved. No, every day I need Jesus. Because every day I need a master. Every day I need a leader. And Jesus says, yes, I'm alongside you and I died for you, but the spirit that raised me from the dead will be your comforter, he'll be your counselor, and he'll live inside of you. Come on, if you need Jesus, just raise your hands up in the air. Come on, he's my master. He's my master. You have authority over my house, Holy Spirit. My money is not mine, it's yours, God. I'm going to stop putting the kingdom in the back. It is my priority because I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a son and daughter of the most high God. God, my whole heart yields to you. Come on, let's all stand up to our feet. Lift your hands to God. My whole heart yields to you. Everything of me is yours. Every head bowed in the room, every eye closed. All over this place. If you want Jesus, you're hearing a sermon like today and you're like, Pastor, I need to start a relationship with God today. I need to start my walk. He needs to become my master today. This is my moment to receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Listen, every head bow, every eye closed. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you at the count of three to raise your hand if you want salvation. No one's looking. No one's judging. We're praying for you. We're interceding for you. Just like you, we had this moment and we said yes. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the word today and say, I'm ready to make him master of my life. If that's you, if you want Jesus, he died for you so you can live for him. His resurrection is yours resurrection. You can stand up today. But to be saved, you got to receive it. Come on. Raise your hand if you want Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. Anybody want Jesus in here? Come on. I see one hand. I see two hands. I see three hands. Come on. We got three people. Come on. I see four hands. I see you. All right, real quick, real quick, real quick. The Bible says, by the way, church, four people raise their hand for salvation. Come on. The Bible says to pray when this happens, to pray. Because that's how you're saved, by prayer. Come on, let's pray right now. Say, Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I have faith in you that today I'm forgiven and I'm a new creation. Right my wrongs. Direct me. Be my master. And I promise to serve you for all my days. In Jesus' name, amen and amen, church.